If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode and season, season three of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in studio in Nashville, Tennessee at VC Productions. we got a great show for you today, always at the table to the right, my good friend, the CEO and founder of the GOAT empire <laughs> new clothing line no new employees just, so many things just, build, new. just building the brand my friend building the brand tyler burnett tyler we're so glad you're here today to the left always the linkedin whisperer the calming force to our show he's got a new t-shirt on but we'll talk about that later or maybe we've already talked about that before the pause and appreciate my good friend john byers it's good to be here he, he's going to get a mic soon we sometimes his nickname is mikey uh, we appreciate <laughs> you being here and making sure that everything works the way that it does davy is on the board uh dev digital all things digital right there mm-hmm. in nashville Tennessee, Stephen Davis and that group do a great job. Uh, we're so thankful for them and uh, the support that they give the show. Um, we serve it up in a way that you can get it. We're like Waffle House. In our 20s, they teach us to get in the game. 30s, move up in the game. 40s, we try to stay in the game because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. In our 50s, we finally say, this is what I really want. And the goats are easy to see in sports. They're recognized for their greatness. They elevate the play of those around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective education and experience what they do gives them energy and it gives other people energy creating new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity you talk about new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity and energy that's all part of woodstock 99 and we got a great show you for you today woodstock happened before that way back in john what year 1969 69 and, uh, I think that was intentional. <laughs> and uh, well, the love year. I think it was biblical. Uh, that's <laughs> definitely the case. Um, uh, we certainly will pause and appreciate that moment in time. And you're, welcome. All, you're welcome. And all the things that happened along the way. Um, do you? Before we begin, do you want to give any credence to? Do you want to give a shout out to anything that you thought about the Woodstock in '69? Before we go into uh, what happened, version 1999. Well, I was a little young back then, and in '69 yeah. when that occurred, I, I did not think attend. You were born, but you know, I mean, this were was you? this this was this love fest, uh, supposedly, right? Like, no, I was not. You're doing the math. I know. I was not born. Okay, okay. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> yes, so, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> This love fest concert, you know, Hendrix was there, right? Like all these incredible people that, and it was just people come hang out, love each other. And, and that's kind of what it was, right? Like people had a great time. They were taken care of. They loved the music. They kind of slept outside. It rained. They slid through mud. Like they were, I think, half clothed, if, if that, yeah. for a few days. But it, but it was like. It was a festival. It Is that was, where the red pig came from? No, probably. The pig fest. They chased a red pig. So, but that, but this, this event was one of the coolest musical events of all time. You'll never and get that out of your head. As, as we approached 99, my graduating year of mm. high school, by the way, many of my peers across the country actually did attend this event. Prince talked about it. They wanted to redo something. And Prince probably, talked about it to party like it's 
Yes, thank but, you. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for not letting us miss that. Keep going. Um, the, they wanted to redo this event because it was so great, 30 years. This was their 30-year anniversary. We're going to redo this yep. in upstate New York. By the way, this kind of is some thoughts around Netflix's docu, short docu-series, three episodes on Woodstock 99. We may call it Rage Against... The Latrine. Yes. Let, let me just throw out some stats before you get well started. Done. 1,200 injuries, 44 arrests, many reported sexual assaults. Poised to cash in on fans, included expensive ticket prices and even more expensive water bottles. Yeah, I mean, they were selling at one point bottles of water like Tyler's holding right there for $10. Yeah. And and this this was like they held the event on, it was a, a retired Air Force base or yeah. military base, was and it was... One big slab of black concrete, concrete yeah. in upstate New York in the summer, and it's like a hundred degrees. Yeah, and they wouldn't let them bring anything in. You couldn't no. bring in food, drinks, water, anything. No social media. Yes, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the unique perspective of the fifties, yes. isn't it? And your fifties, you get unique perspective. Right? And let me just go ahead and say, and this is probably well, y'all didn't let me finish. No social media, thank God. Okay, <laughs> now keep going. All right. So MTV was hot back then. Oh right? man, they, the VJs. Yes, they were all over. Beavis and Butthead was was the hot best. on the trail then. <laughs> Yeah, they, there are new episodes, by the way. Really? That oh. have just been released through Paramount. Yes, I have a subscription wow. now. Can I can Paramount. I get your username and password afterwards, please? Uh, you know, if that was legal, I would I would certainly <laughs> That's let right. you have Let's talk after the show. After the show. So, but it's if it's obvious without saying the goat, at least for me, and probably all of us for this episode, is Woodstock '99, the biggest dumpster fire, literally, and we'll get there that has ever been of any musical event of all time. Yeah, just. A complete disaster. And yeah. I think this is an episode to talk about a few of the things that went wrong that maybe you didn't pick up if you if and when you watch this Netflix series. And I will start it like this. The user experience, mm-hmm. the concern of the user experience from these guys putting on this, this event mm-hmm. was completely thrown out the window. Yeah. They turned it into an event in which they wanted to make money, which none of us would fault them for doing. But the opposite of what 60, the heart of what Woodstock 69 was to do was to create an event for people to connect. I mean, it's known as this big love fest. I mean, it was the complete opposite of that and totally turned on its head to drive revenue. Yeah, the, the point of, of the show here is, is to not just um, talk about um, how crazy when you see Woodstock 99 up close and personal. You know, I asked myself, how did I miss Woodstock 99? And I was in the throes of finishing a PhD, starting a college football team, and about to get married. So that's how I missed it. That will do it. Uh, The band's there. And so it's not just to regurgitate what happened and be blown away by it, although it is interesting to talk about. But it's also to talk about what are the lessons that we learned from Woodstock '99, yeah, and, and how does that apply to to anything that anything that we do today in business? And Tyler, uh, one of the things that you always talk about is making it a win for you and a win for them. The very first thing that we learn 
from Woodstock 99 is that profits, they took profits over health and safety. Rolling Stone is the one that called it, by the way, Rage mm. Against the Latrine. Yeah. But, but they focused on profits over health and safety. That's number one. That's business mistake number one that they made. Number they, two. They, they weren't the best at what mattered most. No, Callaway would, would even though they had bands like, I'm going to throw these out there and just tell me, I'm going to throw it out. You tell me uh, any of the bands that you like the most here. DMX, which I've never even heard of. God, he's the best. He's the a Rough 90s. Rider? Yeah. He's a rapper. That's right. Rapper. Yeah. Rough Rider. DMX. Okay. I, that, I thought that was a bike. Yeah, well, BMX, but oh, it's okay. B- <laughs> well, it's okay. Sorry, audience. We we apologize. B- He's late B- in his fifties. BMX, limp biscuit. I don't want anything that's limp. Corn, <laughs> red hot chili peppers. Now I love them. What is that song? Under a bridge. Red hot chili yeah. peppers. I love, I love red hot. My favorite, Alanis Morissette. Oh, she's fantastic. I mean, super sexy. Brings the mail, delivers it. One of the, one of the best out there. Kid Rock. I could take it or leave it. Uh, Metallica, not even going to listen, don't even care. Creed, don't know who that is. Oh, They're well. not worthy of talking about. And so many more. So, I mean, do you have a favorite performer from that um, 99? Uh, well, you know, Alanis and, and DMX were, were right down my alley back then. I mean, I knew these other bands. I mean, I was 18, right, at the time. So I knew some of these I other was 10. folks. But uh, here's what was fascinating to, to mm-hmm. as these some of not everybody here, right? But uh, also Cheryl Crow was there, ah. who ended up bailing. She's like, I ain't doing this. She I'm out of here. But some of these bands got so much um, ego around the ability. I mean, there's 250 thousand people in the crowd, yeah. and and mm. they could so. I was fascinated as, as how at how easily they could influence the crowd, like to to change the demeanor, the behavior. I mean, completely was able to do it just like that. Yeah, a lot of match. Well, yeah. think about if you're sitting there working out and you're listening to Cheryl Crow and then DMX comes on. Yeah. I mean, your whole mood's going to change too, right? All of these things. I guess. I don't even know who DMX is. <laughs> yeah, DMX, is the, he's he's a rough rider for sure. All these things that you've, these stats that you've read, the bands, everything here, and your first point, what was it again? It was Profits over health and prof- safety. And I, and I know you've got more. Yeah. It, 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 this is all the perfect storm recipe. Why, why do people finish other people's sentences? You know, <laughs> why do we do that? Because they have ADD. That is one of the things that I read, by the way. This is the... Ooh, you don't know that song? Pause for this intermission. <laughs> that's, okay, that's, that's DMX. DMX. That's DMX. Okay. All, right. all of these things is the perfect awesome. like recipe for disaster. Stop, drop. Absolute perfect recipe for disaster. And here, here's what I think is at the heart of it, and it comes right out of what you just said, mm-hmm. is when people don't feel cared about, this is ultimately going to be the result. And it may not look exactly the same way, but you will hear me over through the rest of the, the time that we have on this episode. This is the, the heart of this event going downhill. People didn't feel cared about. Piles it's of just like the Kane Prime experience. Piles. It yeah. is. They yeah. would have been willing to pay more if they would have got something in return too. Yeah. Piles of garbage. Piles of garbage. Security was a joke. The the water was tainted. It was the and the the porta potties were full, like full. They couldn't be used anymore. The downplay of mayhem. 
all hell broke loose. And the one word that I wrote and circled multiple times is greed. Mm. Not creed. Well played. How did I know <laughs> you were you. going to say that? Greed. Thank you for that. And, and so, to your point, if you go to Cane Prom, you know what you're paying for, and you expect it, and you get it. I think the biggest takeaway from, from looking at this concert is know your audience. Know what they want from the experience, and you can charge whatever you want as long as you deliver on the experience. There's something over in Mexico called Hootie Fest. I want to go, but I'm not going to Mexico. Why do I want to go? The bands are driving and crying. Better than Ezra, Hootie and the Blowfish, well, Darius Rucker. Yeah, I mean, the, it's a lineup that I would listen to over and over and over again in a really cool setting, in a really inspiring setting, but I just don't want to go to Mexico, so I'm not going to go. But know what your audience wants. Yeah, I think, in, in, and here's, the, again, coming back to, I'm going to sound like a broken record the rest of our time together here, but coming back to this idea that people, even in what you just shared, you can make up, we can make up for a lot of mistakes if we just love and care about people. Yeah. And and I, I believe I've shared this before on the episode, but sometimes Vanessa, not sometimes, every day almost, she makes... Finishes John, your sentences? She makes our oldest son's lunch for school. And Don't he's like... do that! Hold on. He's like the most self-sufficient, disciplined... Which kid, one? Kid, John nice. David. John David, okay. And I ask her occasionally, and and he's like, um, you know, he doesn't appreciate it most mm-hmm. of the time, I don't think. Yeah. She maybe no. th- feels different. And I ask her sometimes, I said, like, what keeps you from letting him – I'm trying not to ask why, by the way, because I read recently that every other country uh, except the U.S., why is like an indictment. Oh, yeah. When we ask. So I'm trying to stay away that. from why. Yeah. So I asked her, I was like, what, what keeps you from letting him make his own lunch? He needs to know he can do that. And she goes, he can do it, but it's how he feels loved. It's not whether he. So he's acts it, of service? It's not whether he can or can't. It's, it's him. It's the way that I can do something for him. And he leaves the house and he feels loved. I'm cool with all that. I'm cool with every part of that as long as. He stops and turns and looks at her and says, hey, Mom, I want you to know how much I appreciate you making my lunch. It makes my day so much easier. And but, you, would, but, you, would, you would hope, right, that happens. And that, for her, this is what I appreciate and admire about her. It's not about that for her. It's about him true feeling love. loved. It's not about what she gets in return for. That's hard. And sometimes we get spoiled. And sometimes you don't know what you had till it's gone. So when he goes to college and his girlfriend is not making his lunches. Yeah, was that band there? What's that song, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone? I think that's Tesla. Maybe so. Tesla. They weren't there. But, you know, we can make up. I think the, the point of that is, is that all that saying. We, we can make up for a lot with, uh, of, of mistakes, mess-ups, in business, family, parenting, festivals, fill in the blank. When we, when we make people, when we help people feel loved, and I think there's a caveat to that, making sure that they're feeling the love in which, how they feel loved, right? Like, and how, what do we do in that? And this gets super practical. Maybe we ask them, 
maybe we ask them, like, what helps you feel taken care of and loved? And then do that rather than the things that we might do for them. Why is it so hard for us? Why it, What you're saying is so simple, yet they couldn't even do it in building a concert that serviced 250,000 people, brought in some of the greatest acts of that time, and they couldn't even ask themselves that question. We don't do it as adults. We certainly don't do it in relationships, and that's why relationships end up as train wrecks. Why? Why? They were just trying to think about how much money they could make. Yeah. And in turn, you just completely shut off what the people might want. But why don't we do it in relationships? I know it's an indictment to say why, but... Why don't we ask that simple question? What what was the question again? How do you want to be it's power? For? It's power. I think it's, I think it's yeah, two I things. We we can make up for a lot in life, parenting, family, business, festivals, whatever, right? And care, caring for others, and the and then the caveat is in the way they feel cared for. In the way that they feel cared. There's for. There's two components: love, lo- people feeling loved, and doing it in a way that actually helps them feel loved. Which They're, is the hardest part? I think it's well, the second. I think it has to be the second, right? Because yeah. even in in a lot of ways, like I I might treat others or my kids or my wife or whomever, I might love them in ways that connect with me and how I feel loved, but not so much them. I think it's another level of depth that we've yes. got to lean into. And it takes somebody that's selfless, that's not selfish. Yeah. Because if 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 it's easy to, to love the way you want to be loved. Yeah, but it's a lot harder to love somebody else the way they want to be. Like I'm not the person who who needs you to say, "Hey, that's great, man. That's awesome." I mean, obviously everybody likes that, but I don't need that at all. Like yeah. I'm not a big feelings guy. Like you just, I'm you not sure. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, uh, you just haven't. That's what we. That's what we say in our early 30s. <laughs> until we tap. Until we tap into it. Well, I just kind of roll with the punches and I keep on rolling. Here, well, uh, well, those are two different things. I mean, how to use adversity to accelerate growth is a whole lot different. That's a skill set you learn versus knowing what your I do feelings a good are. Job. And being I do a good of job of not getting my emotions involved. I don't know. Here, here's some. When it comes to business decisions. Here's here's something, Pratt. Maybe you do need to get more of your emotions involved. Maybe that's the thing we need to talk about. How What's that look like? He, not, you know what? Now, but he maybe. needs to be part of the three-part seri- <laughs> three, three series of, of, of uh, Woodstock 99. He's doing exactly what you say that you shouldn't do. He gets gets his feelings. He needs to get his feelings more involved. Yeah, which is what you're good, saying. They should have done. They're guideposts. Maybe it should. So here, here's a, one other things. thing. And and I try to I try to think. And I don't have an answer for this, but I just wonder if there's some kind of currency that that flows between all of us that helps us all feel love, even though we do feel loved and cared for in different ways. Is there some kind of currency? And here's one that I found that I did. So the first 10 years of my career, I had my own agency. One of the things that I did often, and I love this, that and I, that it got so many cool responses, is that whenever I would have somebody perform well, I would write their spouse a note and mail it to their spouse. Golly. With with like their how they stacked up or how they what they did well. That is so good. And I'd send it to their spouse and like put the you know the spouse's name on there. Just wanted you to know how great Tyler's doing. So fortunate to have him on the team. Thank you for your support. Put this on the fridge or something. Right. To- like, totally goes with this idea of understanding how people want to be cared for at work. And. 
how do our spouses, how does that translate to our spouse? I love that right? idea. Like, I, well, I mean, I love, yeah, it opens the gate. It opens the door. Yeah. It opens the gateway. How did you come up with that idea? It's like you stole that from somebody. I didn't steal it. I don't know. It's really good. It, it nowadays would you just somebody send somebody a Facebook message, <laughs> send them a letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You still you used to send me handwritten notes. All I throw the time. We've I throw mail out. The, I throw yeah. mail out so much. You know, like, we've moved past the honeymoon relationship. So John so doesn't send me. Powerful he used stuff. to send me. It is in the, in the beginning of dating. He would send me handwritten notes. He doesn't anymore. <laughs> Um, it's kind of hurtful. Just you speak about currency. Trying to get that on the yeah. No, it's funny, here. and maybe it's completely off topic, but I know at the jail in Murfreesboro, the currency is honey buns. Mm. Wow. So yeah, it I, made me really start thinking about that when you said that. Maybe the currency is not whatever. That um, should be the title of this episode. The currency is honey buns. Mm. And uh, there's uh, the, in different jails, the currency is always different. It is. So one time so uh, suggesting. I, I talked to somebody that uh, said that it was honey buns in Murfreesboro. They went to another jail, and the currency was mackerel, like tuna fish. It was a dollar. I want to be at the, one, one be can, at the honey buns jail. Yeah, I can do that. One can or one honey bun was equal to $1. So, like, you could pay people to do, like, your laundry okay. and fold your stuff up. It, it depends on what level of locked up you are. But it's, I it, thought that was very interesting, and it maybe it resonated with what you said. Well, this is a fascinating – I, I, I Thank you for sharing that. And the I think currency, the honey buns. This all is consistent, and it's consistent in the work. I mean, one of for me, one of the things I've spent a lot of time with clients over the last two years since 2020 and COVID is employers are finally – putting themselves in a position to say, what do our people really want? How do they feel cared for? And, and they're doing it in a way that I've never seen. So what are they doing? And how, what do I do to kind of help them walk through that is perceived value, right? This which is, is Which is currency. So what does that look like? I mean, I'm in benefits, total rewards, insurance, right? So yeah. For, and here's one of the things I ask employers, like if you're spending a dollar, what don't, do you want to know how how valuable that dollar is mm-hmm. to your folks? Yep. How much value do they put on the honey bun or the mackerel, right? Because if you're spending a dollar and they view it as 80 cents, you're there's leakage there, but what if you're spending a dollar and and they view it as a dollar 20? Don't you want to double down on that mm-hmm. or pivot, right? So there's this perceived value, that's the currency and how do we help people feel cared for? That's the heart that's why they lost Woodstock 99. Rage against the latrine. And they did. They burned that mother down. <laughs> to the ground. They did. And then and, and so much so that the VJs from MTV even said, we are out of here. And they left. Yeah. We're out. And unfortunately, uh, we didn't have any more footage after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they showed the aftermath, and it looked like yeah. uh, it looked like uh, a, war a, a war zone. You know, when you said, um, when you said, that companies are now asking themselves, how do our employees want to be cared for? Do, do you mean that companies now, because of the labor, labor market, are being forced to ask? Yes. I think so, too. And they're, and, and I think Shouldn't they have been asking that from day one? Long time ago. Certainly yeah. pre-COVID, but now yeah. we're in this ta- war on talent more than we ever have been before. And I think pre-COVID, it was more the normalized for 
the C-suite to say, that's what we wanted when we sat in those seats, and therefore that's what our people want. Well, right? It's kind of like the guy that moves jails. That w- it mm-hmm. was honey buns. Now it's mackerel, and he, he brings, brings honey buns. He brings to the honey buns, right? Like <laughs> I, I don't want I, that I don't want honey buns. Such a great example. I want fish. We're fitness in here. <laughs> well, and, and look, the the outcome for both, right? The outcome for um, Woodstock '99, and the outcome for those that hire people today is what all hell broke loose. Absolutely. And that's where we are today in a job market where there's higher unemployment, but yet more jobs than any other time in the history of the world. The takeaway from Woodstock 99 is that you need to start asking, how do your audience, how does your audience, which first starts with your customers to your, I mean, with your employees to your customers, need to start asking, how do they want to be cared for? If it's honey buns, if it's mackerel, if it's not $10 water and a dollar water, how do and, they want to be careful? I talked I to somebody the other day that said if they wanted to start their own business or have their own business, they would have it. They don't because they want other things. Yeah. And I think the people that are – some people want to be the CEO and some people want to be the sales rep and some people want to be the installer or some people want to be the adjuster or – you got to understand what what position people are in and if they want to stay there or where they want to go, and that's what's important to them. Based on your results, you have exactly what you intend. Rage against the latrine. Results exactly what you intend. They raged against the latrine. I would take what you said to the next, maybe not the next level. That's the wrong term, but maybe a bit more intimately and say, it's with our closest relationships, right? Because this starts. Yes, it's certainly in the workplace as we've talked about, but it's with our our most important relationships in our life and our family and our marriage or our kids or fill in the blank. Yep. And I'm, I'm craving some Jersey Mike's. So <laughs> well, I think we're going to land I, this I, I plane. Think, I think it's right around the corner go back and watch uh, those episodes. There's three yeah. episodes of Woodstock 99. Um, Fascinating. Tyler is going to do that and decide uh, yes, past DMX. If he wants to listen to a little more limp biscuit, corn, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Alanis Morissette, Kid Rock, Metallica, or Creed, Ugh. or Creed for for Davey over there on the on the Mikey. <laughs> on the board, and for Dev Digital, and for my good friend Tyler Burnett and John Byers. This is the Go Consulting Podcast.